this week on Just Like That, the number one Mike Goldberg-inspired podcast on the planet. We will recap UFC 253, Adesanya vs. Costa, hit you with our segments, Fighter Stocks with GSP, Isn't He Awesome, and Real World Callouts. JLT nominates the horniest man in MMA this week. We discuss the news. And last but not least, preview UFC on ESPN 16, Home vs. Eldana. Here we go. All right, here we go, and welcome to another episode of Just Like That. I'm Alex. With us, as always, is Ryan, our co-host. We got a full show this week and an extra special nomination for the for this week, the horniest man in MMA, so stick around for that. It's been a while since we've, uh, we've talked about uh, horny MMA fans, but they're still out there. They're out there all the time, and uh, we found a good one to uh, nominate this week. But as always, we will start things off with our take of the week. And Ryan, you know the drill. Take us away. All right. Yeah, I'll take this one away. So my take this week is on Dominic Reyes. And um, as far as betting goes, never bet on a grown man who has a hairline that bad and isn't confident enough to go bald. It's going to hurt you every single time. <laughs> How about this? He's got the Johnny Hendricks hairline. Oh, it's bad. It's bad. There's almost no hair left. It's like just get just get rid of it. It would look better at this point. Yeah. Um. I, you catch I, yeah, me I agree. Ever looking like that, <laughs> I feel like I'm thinning a little bit. If I get to that level, just you know, just well, buzz my head in my sleep, please. I know how close that take is to you because you've been saying you've been uh you've been recede your hairline's been receding since you were like 17. So Dude, slowly but surely, one hair at a time. Yeah, probably one hair at a time because you still have a full head of hair. But yeah, he, <laughs> Dude, he's uh, he's, he's. I'm not gonna put the camera too close on it, but if you look right in here, it's we got some issues going on. Yeah, it looks like maybe one hair at a time. So uh, I don't even know. I never looked that close of mine. I'm just pretending like it's impossible, like it could never happen to me. So I might be one of those deniers too, down the, somewhere down the road. But his is looking rough, and uh, he's got that Johnny Hendricks thing going on, and. Um, yeah, I mean, if that's your if that if that if you say that's your betting edge, then I'm gonna take your word for it because you've been red hot on the betting. So whatever whatever you come up with, but uh, my take also sticks around the 205 division. So we're, we're kind of just gonna harp on them a little bit because mine isn't great either. I think the 205 belt's gonna bounce around a little bit now. That's my take. Um, I don't think anyone will even defend the belt until it gets into Jerry Prajeka's hands. That's our future champion in the 205 division, and uh, I don't think he's gonna get. He might have to wait two fights. I mean, look, think about it, think about it this way: we're not that far off from having a Glover to share a champion at forty years old, are we? No, it's like I don't know. Jan might be the real deal. <laughs> at thirty-seven years old, now he's the real deal. I don't think so. Yeah, I think you're right. But Glover at forty, he's the real deal. We got problems. We got problems. Yeah, and he was getting there's his. No, he was getting no his. He was getting his ass kicked by Anthony Smith for like. Four straight minutes before he turned around and just clobbered him. But it's Anthony Smith. Um, I guess just to tack on to that hot take, I think the 205 division is by far the worst men's division in the UFC right now. Like, I can't believe we were ever talking about cutting flyweights. Maybe that should be my hot take, that we were never actually going to cut flyweights. But um, 
205 division is an absolute graveyard. You think we should cut that instead? Save the flyweights, cut the 205ers? Well, yeah, I mean, in Davis and Figueredo podcast, so we we do we, are we in, we're a nobody podcast in the 205. Jerry, Jerry, our guy. But he might or be able Jerry. to move up to heavyweight yeah, yeah. flawlessly. So, yeah, I don't know, man. Light rough. heavyweight. Yeah, and it used to be a special weight division because it was like they were they were big like heavyweights, but they were fast like smaller guys. They were powerful, but they had gas tanks. But now it's just like it's a wasteland. So you got guys with hairlines like Dominic Reyes fighting for the belt. Um, rough times in the 205. So I don't think – I think that belt changes hands. I don't think anyone even defends it. It's just um, – it's rough. Here- and Here's not a hot to, take. Now, now that John Jones is is not fighting uh, officially, not a single person from champion to fifteen rank rank from the champion all the way down to the fifteenth fifteenth ranking. Not a single one of them deserves to get that belt. Yeah, I know it's it's a graveyard. It's an absolute graveyard. Um, so with that said, I'm happy Jan Bohovic got it because he seems like a nice guy. And I don't know if you saw the video of him uh, going back to Poland, but he had an absolute mob of people meeting him at the airport. So he's like a superstar there now. Great for the sport. Uh, like to see it. Jan Bohovic. Um, he called DC a fat ass out of nowhere. So, like, he's really living up this champ thing. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I don't think – I don't see anybody really holding down that belt anytime soon. It's rough times yeah. in the 205. Me neither. Rough Except times in the 205. Maybe Adesanya goes up and uh, beats John Jones, beat, beats them all, and two-division champ, but who knows? Might we'll be see. able to. He might be able to at this point. So I, I, guarantee, yeah, I, mean that, I guarantee you he would beat Jan Blakowicz. 100%. <laughs> Put that on the JLT that's a hot lock t- of the week. <laughs> all right, nobody's going against you in the lock of the week. I don't think it's possible, but um, that's a hot take right there that just uh, came out of nowhere, so... Maybe he should do it, and if he wanted to, he would get it. He would get a title shot, no questions asked. Oh yeah. So speaking of uh, Israel Adesanya, we're he- time for our JLT recap of UFC 253. This was a uh, pretty, pretty good card, pretty good fights, um, pretty good predictions by you, by all, both of us uh, at occasion. But uh, started off with the JLT lock of the week. You had Israel Adesanya. Putting on a masterclass performance over our guy, Paulo Costa. I know it hurt us to say it. Hurt you to say it, but you still did it because it's the, it was the smart move, and that's exactly what happened. Yep. Yeah, it was a, it was a great performance by Israel Adesanya. And I hear, I hear a lot of people saying, like, Paulo Costa just abandoned what he does. Like, you know, Paulo Costa is a guy who gets in there and um, gets in range, takes shots to give one, and, you know, really fights an exciting style. Um, I don't think that he didn't try to do that. I don't think he wanted to be out there. I don't think his game plan was to out kickbox a kickboxer. I just think he was, um, he was, uh, just so outgunned. He couldn't get inside. Israel Adesanya just put on a masterclass, cutting, uh, cutting off the octagon, not letting him be able to even get in before he spammed him with leg kicks and punches and kicks. So I don't think, I don't think it was as much Paula Costa not fighting his fight as Israel Adesanya not letting him fight his fight. So that's all I, what I got on that one. Other than that, um, you know, Adesanya might have overtaken Costa as my favorite fighter in the 185 division. I might be Paulo Costa out with the trash, Israel Adesanya in. I think I can deal with his cringe. Him dry humping Costa after uh, finishing him and then breakdancing on his grave. Um, just classic. You can't, you can't not like that. I mean, I get it. People say it's disrespectful, but 
I mean, Paulo Costa disrespected him. He deserved it. Um, big Israel Adesanya fan after that. He just uh, looked like, you know, like like a, you know, something, someone like after you get a kill, some 14-year-old in Fortnite, like he looked like he was just like dancing around like that. I think you got the perfect amount of exposure to Adesanya because he's been so annoying on social media, and I know you don't go on there very much. He's been so annoying, but, I mean, it's hard to argue with it when you put on a performance like that. Uh, like you said, I agree 100%. The openings just weren't there. Like, what are you going to do? It, it kind of puts into perspective Yoel's fight against Adesanya, the same type of thing. Like, it, the openings just aren't there. Like, you wonder why he's standing there. Well, it's because what's he going to do? And then you wonder why Adesanya stand there. It's like because if he's waiting for – if he moves, he's getting it. So um, just levels above Costa, which, which we pretty much knew that was the case. Um, I didn't expect him to hump him, though. And then you, did you hear what he said to uh, – he went over to uh, Costa's coach, that little guy that hangs out with uh, uh, Cejudo and uh, those other guys, and he said uh, something about I'm going to come on you guys or something along those something along those lines. And then he did like a uh, – like LeBron James throwing the powder to the sky, but he pretended like it was uh, jizz coming out of his dick. So that was kind of weird. Before, before or after he – he, after the uh, knockout down fighter after yep after after he humped him and you know what Costa's coach wasn't even that mad he said not a lot of people heard this because they just heard the jizz thing and got all riled up Costa's coach said we're still coming for Volkanovsky that's a little uh that's a little side note to triple c training to come back and get the quadruple c so things may not be over between city kickboxing and uh whatever uh Costa's little white glasses wearing uh guy oh, by the way that guy, every time I see him, I just hate him a little bit more. I, I don't know. Just those stupid fucking glasses. He just looks like looks such like a, a dork. douche. It's just, <laughs> man, every time I see that that guy in someone's corner, I'm going to bet against him. Yeah, that's that's Triple C's guy. I forgot this, the, his backstory. He does have some backstory. Um, I don't remember what it is. But, yeah, he said uh, we're still coming for Volkanovsky. So, um, I don't know. I don't know if that's going to materialize or not. But, uh, back to back to Adesanya and Costa. I don't see Israel Adesanya losing for a long time, and I don't like like I said in the the two hundred five division that belt switching hands a lot. I don't see it switching hands in the middleweight for a long time. I just don't think there's if if Costa. I don't know if I. I mean I don't know. This doesn't even change how I think of Costa. This wasn't like a bad performance by him in a lot of ways because he just never he just couldn't do anything. He was just out. He was just outclassed all the way around. It's hard to really say that. He didn't do any, he did everything wrong when he just didn't do anything at all. You know what I mean? Yeah, and really, you know, what makes like such a dominant champion is just having the perfect style for the division at the perfect time. And you see Khabib has that. You see Israel Adesanya has that right now. What's his kryptonite? Probably a wrestler that maybe like a Yoel Romero type, but Yoel doesn't wrestle anymore. Um so there's no one that really is going to wrestle him at 185 that's anywhere in contention. So somebody's going to have to out outduel him on the feet and it's not going to happen he's better than any, everyone else there so um yeah i think that um he's going to be a long-reigning champion here i don't see him losing to jared cannonier if they make that fight um i don't know who else has some heat there i don't see robert whitaker ever beating him um no i or don't Manson. see i mean yo romero maybe had a chance it was the closest fight but they just didn't do anything i don't definitely don't see darren till beating him um you know i think this is um 
puts uh, my guy, Kelvin Gaslam, really shows, you know, how good of a fighter he is. He, he may have slipped up in his last few fights, but Prime, he might be on his way on the downswing, but Prime uh, Kelvin Gaslam is, is an unbelievable fighter for his size to be going, you know, up against the top 185ers and Israel Adesanya at that and, you know, pretty much almost beat him. It was down to the fifth round, whoever won it, won the fight. And, Rocked um, him yeah, too, I mean, and inexplicably he took a shot to went for a double leg after he, when he had Adesanya rocked, so he was close. Smart. But before, <laughs> besides that, he fought almost a perfect fight. So yeah, he yeah. he's about as good as he gets. And I mean, I just wish he would be disciplined enough to cut to one seventy, and you might see him be the champion. You know? Yeah, definitely have a better chance. So um, you got this fight uh, nominated as a knockout of the night. Uh, a nominee, the- but. I don't think it is going to win. We'll see. Okay. Yeah, I wasn't sure. It was a ni- it was a nice clean clip and uh it got on top of him, finished him off pretty solid. Hump of the night for sure, dry hump of the night. <laughs> Definitely hump of the night. I mean, that might help maybe potentially be knocked out of the night with that. So <laughs> Yeah, smash of the night. Um but we'll move on now to our our second title fight. Um, Dominic Reyes versus Jan Bohovic. This one, I think, we, I believe we were leaning towards Jan. We said we thought Jan had it. Um, I doubted myself. I went back and forth on this one all week after we recorded the episode. I know I was on Jan's side that week. But then I went back and forth. Uh, it ended up going down pretty much how we expected. Um, Reyes, John Jones had an interesting tweet about Dominic Reyes that Maybe he blew his wad when he lived the last three months like he was some sort of champion because he almost beat John Jones. So I don't know if that had anything to do with him not showing up or if uh, Jan Bohovic just had his number, but he, that's, he really did just have his number the whole fight. Yeah, I think it maybe had something to do with that. I'm still on the, on the side of Dominic Reyes isn't as good of a fighter as everyone thinks he is. That, anyone can show up one night and, um, and lose a close decision, but – um, I just don't think he's as good as he, he thought he was. But it, John Jones might be onto something too. He, for someone who's not the champion, he aw- awfully acted like he was the champion quite a bit, and um, you know basically said he should be, and that almost like it was a foregone cl- conclusion that he was going to have the belt after this fight. And you know I just don't think he's as good as he thinks he is. I don't think he's as good as people think he is. And Jan Blockwitz, you know, laugh as much as you want. I mean, he doesn't seem like he should be the 205 champion, but. I mean, he's a solid fighter, and he's been putting together, you know, pretty good wins. And Dominic Reyes, get think about it like this: if Dominic Reyes fought Jan Blachowicz before the John Jones fight, I mean, I think it's probably, a, I think Dominic Reyes might be a small favorite, but not very much. I'm thinking maybe like minus one fifty for Reyes, minus or plus one twenty five or something for uh, Jan Blachowicz. So. Yeah, and instead of minus two seventy five Reyes. Yep, exactly. Yeah, um, he he ended up he ended up uh, I don't I didn't know if he was trying to save his gas tank or what it was, but he well we talked about this last week too, and this was probably one of the best points we made on this was that Dominic Reyes had a paper thin resume up to this point. It was all based off of one close fight with John Jones, who seems to have close fights with everybody. So um, I would say that suspicion ended up being a huge factor and pretty much as true as anything. Yeah. Yeah. It seems, yeah. Like you said, John Jones, he's, he's just, happy. He, I don't know if he's just not getting up for these guys. I'm assuming that's it. Why he's fighting him to such close decisions, but yeah, I mean, 
when he comes to fight, like against DC, he shows up and gets it done. But yeah, against these these guys that shouldn't be in there with him, he kind of just you know fights a pretty average game plan and just does enough to win. And uh, yeah, I think I think it was just a big you know big mistake by people thinking Reyes was that was actually on the level of John Jones. You know, yeah, he fought him to a close decision. That doesn't mean he's John Jones. Yeah, or that he was uh, the gonna be the the champion in waiting when John Jones gave up his belt. Uh, this fight here does uh, does this get a knockout of the night nod or a knockout of the night nominee nod? Yeah, we'll give it a nominee. Yeah, it was pretty sick. Uh, he had him he had him uh, doing dance moves in the middle of the octagon. <clears throat> exactly. All right, next up we got Kai Kara France versus uh, Brandon Royval, and we did not know a lot about the raw dog coming in, and I feel like we know a lot more about him now than we did before. First thing I underestimated is this guy is a lot bigger than I thought he was. He looked huge. I knew he was an exciting guy, but I didn't know what level he was on. He beat a very good Kai Kara France by submission, but they they went back and forth. But um, I think Brandon Royval, the raw dog, is legit. I'm ready to slap a JLT certified uh, stamp on him. Uh, I don't know what your thoughts are. Oh, yeah, he's JLT certified. This guy shows up. He has exciting fights. Um, he's one of the more exciting fighters of the 125 division from what I've seen. And, uh, yeah, I'm excited to keep seeing him, you know. It's just in the th- as far as uh, his old job goes, sorry, 7-Eleven, but raw dogs in the UFC to stay after that performance. Yeah, absolutely. He will not be going back to his uh, whatever that job was. Um, he was a b- another big, another big um, underdog, I believe, going into that fight. So I don't know how many guys. How many guys are the, from the from the city kickboxing lost? It was uh, Kai Car France and uh, oh, I guess I guess uh, Brad Riddell won. But anyways, he might have yeah. been the only one. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, Ravel got rocked right off the bat, and then he just went straight in, went straight after him, which you don't see guys do that a lot. Didn't retreat at all. Um, did you notice he looked huge? Didn't he look? He looked way bigger than. He looked really big for the 125 division. He looks like one of those guys at 125 who never makes the actual weight at 125, who always comes in at like 128 or something. But he's made the weight twice, so and on short notice, I think, the first time. So um, yeah. I think he should not have a problem continuing to make it. He is young. I know it gets more difficult as you get older, but um, right now I think he's he's on the fast track to a title shot. Yeah, and especially in that division. Um, and I like so how they, until he- um, I like how they, Bruce Buffer and everyone says his nickname when they announce him. I know. Brandon. Can you believe they're letting him letting him ride out the raw dog? Yeah, because what which one did they did they nix not too long ago? Like the the something hillbilly or something? Oh, the hard hitting hillbilly. I don't know if they nixed that or if they if he changed it for the uh, for the UFC. But he was the hard hitting hillbilly all the way up until his UFC fight when he was something else. That was Kevin Kroom. So. I don't know why you change your nickname unless somebody made you, especially when you flat out are a hillbilly. So, little hillbilly. Yeah. Um, little peahead. But I love, I love the uh, the the emphasis on the raw dog. I th- I don't know what they think that means, but they obviously don't know. Right. You got to think Bruce Buffer knows what raw dog means, right? Well, they have to know too because Darren Till has shirts that say raw dog because he said he was going to raw dog Mike Perry's bird. So they <laughs> oh, yeah. everyone knows about that. So they have to know what raw dog means. So, Raw Dog is is on the big come up in the UFC scene right now. Raw Dog is everywhere. You got Raw Dog, Ravel, 
You got Darren Till, Raw Dog, and Mike Perry's bird. And then you got Anasanya, Raw Dog, and Costa in the middle of the octagon in front of everybody. So Raw Dog <laughs> is on the come up. Yeah. Yeah, maybe he's just put an idea in his head when he heard the uh, Brandon Roy Val announcement. <laughs> yeah, so so that was a big big win for the Raw Dog. Uh, we got du- Hakeem Duado versus, uh, oh, my God, I practiced his name Hakeem ten times. Du- now you just messed me up. Hakeem Duwadu. Duwadu, right? But who's uh, Zabur, Zabur, Zabira? Zubaira Tahugov. Tahugov. God, I I said it 50 times, but yeah. So uh, Tahuga versus uh, Duwadu. Um, Is it Dawadu? Dawadu, that's, what, that's right. Hakeem I knew it had Dawadu. like super... When you say it right, it has super flow to it. You you know when you say You can feel it when you say it right. Yeah, exactly. Dawadu. And uh, I like this guy. He's uh, pretty entertaining. Yeah, and I, I was on the side of Zubaira to I think it's Zubaira Duhuga. I thought he was gonna win it. I thought he was gonna be you know edge out a decision. But Akeem Dawadu, he he brought it, put on a good fight. Um, yeah, I don't really have a ton to say about this fight, but I wanted to include it just because um, I thought that uh, he he showed up in this fight and uh, a fight that I thought he was gonna lose kind of showed me that uh, he might have more uh, more skills than I thought. Yeah, and because he almost got points taken away for swearing and not being respectful. You can get in points the taken away for that? <laughs> Actually, yeah, Michael Venom Page over in Bellator did get a point taken for uh, verbal taunting once. So, I mean, I would take points away from him too because he's fighting He's like fighting the custodians and stuff. But uh, this guy, he, he was uh, he was cussing at uh, Tehugov, and the, I don't remember who the ref was, but he said, watch your mouth, no cussing, be respectful. So I have to assume that those were warnings. Right. What's the uh, what's the penalty for um, dry humping your your downed opponent? Well, can't take I mean, points away after the fight's over, but I no, don't I don't know what that is. Six I didn't... suspension for sexual assault. <laughs> <laughs> no, maybe not sexual assault. Speaking of assault, isn't Tahugov the guy that punched Conor McGregor in the in the octagon after the Khabib fight? Is he? I thought he was out of the UFC forever after whoever did that. No, I'm pretty sure Tehugov, uh, he was a he was a USADA guy, and then he was a guy that punched punched uh, McGregor and got one punch off on him. He got he got a one year suspension, which I have to I have to believe Khabib t- uh, took his boys back for that because I can't see I can't imagine Dana that was like somebody punching Dana's baby. Yeah, I'm he pretty did. sure that's it, him. It was though. him. Yeah. He only I, admitted he only admitted to slapping him, but it looked like a close fist to me. <laughs> yeah, I thought I recognized him. Yeah, the guy's fought like four times in like uh or like twice in like five years or something, but he did not have the gas tank. He didn't look like he's uh been training or anything. Well he just took the whole third round off. He gave a, he gave it up. He thought he won. And I thought I there was he a chance he won. Well, I think so too, and I think there was a chance he won, but there's still no reason to take it wasn't that obvious that I thought he maybe had a shot, but I thought he, um, good I thought he barely for... edged out, edged out both rounds. But you know, with with the judges, and I also thought with it being in Abu Dhabi, usually they go on the side of like the Muslims. Um, but yeah. and you, you know, they. I think I feel like that's how it was the last time we were on Fight Island. But I thought a close decision was for sure going to the Tahuga, but not the case. Yeah, it does seem like there's a little bit of bias just uh, towards the uh, Arab guys or whatever russian guys whatever foreign guys will call him um but yeah i i I thought he won because i had him in parlays though that was my only 
that was my only uh, reason for. Yeah, I also one. had bets on him too. So, I mean, I, I was not trustworthy. I was not trustworthy in a close decision. Um, speaking of close decisions, this one is not Diego Sanchez versus Jake Matthews. Um, not a close fight, not a good fight, but Diego Sanchez opens up with a flying knee. Almost had him too. Yeah. Let, <laughs> let's, it's like, what, what was he thinking? Like, all right, this worked before. I'm just going to do the exact same thing and it's going to work again. Like, plus he, you couldn't even slide a piece of paper under his feet when he jumped up. Like it was awful. <laughs> I give him credit like, uh, for for giving it a shot. It gives us something to laugh at, but uh, it, it was ridiculous. It was like you picked a random fat guy out of like off his couch and said like showed him a video of Jorge Masvidal to try this. And the best part was, as soon as he land, like it was so uncoordinated looking. You're talking about Diego Sanchez, a guy that's had three fight of the years. Like he's not a bum at this point in his career, maybe, but. He runs and does this horrible, unathletic un- jump. As soon as he lands flat-footed on the ground, he gets like a little punch slap to the face. It was just like a perfect. It was like a perfect. Uh, it was like a skit almost. Jake it was Matthews like Kip from. I'm like, like, are you serious, dude? Did you did you seriously just do that? You really thought I was gonna? That was gonna work? Like, get this. Even if Jake Matthews had gone directly into the takedown into his knee, he would have just got the takedown. That would that knee wouldn't have knocked out anybody. Like, it would have been. It just he just would have finished the takedown and took Diego down and beat the shit out of him. Yeah, for sure. It probably would have ended worse, but it was just like uh it reminded me of uh Kip from Napoleon Dynamite trying the spinning <laughs> t- trying the spinning attack on Rex Quando and just getting slapped upside the head. Yeah. So um I uh I put it on the Instagram though if anybody wants to see a side by side versus Jorge Masvidal. Uh as our guy Goldie would say, virtually identical. Virtually identical, yeah. But um also Another little thing on Diego here. So I know recently his corner was warning the commission that he has the special move that could potentially result in the first death in the octagon. And um, it's like, let's get this straight. The only person that has a chance of dying in the octagon during a Diego Sanchez fight these days is Diego Sanchez. The guy needs to retire. Uh, he's, I get it. He was, I think he won three out of his last four somehow. But um, DQ. Yeah, it's just not like. Jake Matthews isn't even that great of a fighter. Like this was like he it's time to hang it up. Yeah, uh, I think Dana might have said something like that. Did you see we'll get to this a little more later, but the point of the story, did you see Conor McGregor saying he w- wanted to set up a fight with Diego Sanchez? Like talk about a guy getting killed in the octagon. That would be a death in the octagon. That would be the first death in the octagon, like you said. Why yeah. would why would he call out Diego Sanchez a- after this performance? I would hope he would say, okay, never mind, but I think he doubled down on it. Really? I just, I just yeah. don't know why. Like, I don't know if he just doesn't realize what Diego Sanchez is now. He's just thinking back on the Gilbert Melendez fight or if it's just someone he always wanted to fight. But, I mean, I just think it was uh, – I think that's just Conor McGregor trying to keep his name in the news and um, something to uh, keep him um, – you know, keep them talked about because uh, obviously that's something that's never going to happen and has no chance of happening, so – yeah, well, keep him in the news will happen because we're going to talk about him when we get to our news segment, and it has a little bit to do with this, so uh, or with his Diego Sanchez call-out. So we'll get to that when we get to that. And then this fight ended up being uh, three rounds to none for Jake Matthews. I believe one was a 10-8 round, so it ended up not being close. But um, 
the flying knee did not land. Maybe things would have been different if it did, but it didn't. So uh, next fight we have on the on the rundown here is Shane Young versus uh, Ludovic Klein. I took the wrong guy in this fight, but man, uh, this was a brutal knockout. Yeah, and this is what I'm giving JLT knockout of the night, honestly. Um, yeah, I agree. Great knockout. It's just, I mean, the closest one to an, a legit knockout and not a TKO. Um, I mean, obviously the Adesanya versus Paulo Costa was way more like a TKO, basically. And so was the Jan versus Reyes. But um, yeah, I think this was the best knockout of the night. Looked really good. Um, and I think he might have been an underdog as well. Yeah, that's Klein, right? Yeah. Yeah, Klein was the underdog. I actually had Shane Young on a DraftKings lineup. I went from ninth place to 75th place after that happened because I don't know if he landed anything. This was a this was a sick knockout, too, because it was like a five-punch combo. Like, he was hitting him on the way down while he was out. Also, this one, big eye test fight. I saw how ripped Klein was, unbelievably shredded, plus he missed weight by like five pounds. I mean, I was just – this was an automatic eye test where I just said, this guy's not going to lose. Oh, Too Ludovic, shredded. Ludovic Klein was the one that missed weight. Is is uh, Shane Young one of Adesanya's teammates then, too? Because he was going off in the post-fight interview about – someone missing weight and not uh you know and having oh, he 90 might minutes left to cut weight and just deciding to weigh in and just miss weight yeah he might be um who did brad riddell fight was that did that guy no that guy didn't miss weight no whoever i don't whoever remember lost someone whoever whoever it was lost it, i'm pretty sure it might have been it was probably shane young then i thought a couple guys from city kickboxing boxing lost so um that might be what i was thinking of because yeah he said they should have to give up 90 percent of their purse this guy, the guy he fought, well, I don't remember, was that a 45 fight and he came in weighing 49, I believe? Uh, this I guy's never so. going to make this guy's never going to make 45 or whatever 55 or whatever he was trying to make. He didn't he looked like he was 0% body fat and he missed it by 4 or 5 pounds, so uh, so he just did the too big too strong approach and uh, ended up getting a savage knockout and a JLT knockout of the night. Yep, yeah, yeah, and I just looked it up. Yeah. Ludwig Klein is the one who missed weight and uh, and stopped cutting like 90 minutes before the close. So um, looks like he came in at 150 for a 145 fight. So so really big. Yeah, yeah, he missed it by quite a bit. That's about the upper limits of what you can miss it by, and still fight. Yeah, yeah, and he like I said, he didn't look like he could take much more weight off. He was that guy was shredded, but. At the same time, if he if he let's say he can make forty five, he'll be he'll I mean he looked he looked like a good fighter no matter what his weight is. He was that guy had hands. Yeah, and I, I don't think he's would do very well at one fifty five, so he better figure out how to get that extra weight off. Yeah, that is a straight up shark 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 infested waters up there. But that is the JLT KO of the night. It was a sick combo. Put his lights out. Um no bonus, no bonus for him because he didn't uh, make weight. But he will get the, he'll still get the JLT and knockout of the night. We don't, we don't discriminate. No, no, more power to you. <laughs> All right, next we got Juan Espinoza or Juan, es- Juan Espino versus Jeff Hughes, and uh, another eye test fight for me. As soon as I saw Espino loaded up on that first round finish. Um, Easy money, Jeff Hughes. This I thought this was going to be the like the um, the fat guy division. I always talk about two fat boys out there that fighting, 
But uh, Espino was in pretty good shape. So uh, I, I knew this was a high test fight from the get-go. And uh, it was one of my only good caches of the night. So uh, shout out to uh, Juan Espino. Um, didn't know anything about him going into the fight, but the eye test proved me right again. Yeah, and I think I think he submitted him with a scarfold, which doesn't happen very often. It's usually a, a you know kind of a submission that people can kind of ride out, but he must have had some squeeze. Yeah, and I think he had had him clipped too. He 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 was fast, man. He was a fast guy. He was he was uh, I mean fast as in transition fast. He was on his back, and then he was he rolled him over. He was a strong wrestler, so. I didn't know anything about this guy from Spain, um, but I was pretty impressed with as far as the as far as the fat boys go, he was uh looked about as good as any. Yep. All right, so any other fights on this card that you wanted to recap that um anything notable? Uh no, but I'll just um, quickly go over the ones we didn't talk about here. Uh we got uh Ketlin Vieira, uh won a three round decision over Sajara Eubanks. You called that. Um, let's see what's up next. We got uh, Brad Rydell, uh won a three-round decision over uh, Alex De Silva. Co- I don't know, honestly. Alex De Silva. <laughs> um, uh, let's see. William Knight won a three-round decision versus uh, Aleska, Aleska Kamur. And on the early prelims, hold on. We got, um, let's see. Danilo um, Marquez Dan- won a decision against Kedis Imabrig. Im- Ima Brig. Ibra- I know how to say this one. Ibra- I know. I don't Ibrahima- know. Ibrahimovov. Anyways, Ibragimov. he was supposed to. That's Ibra- how you say yeah, and he- I know. It's so weird how you just. Uh, the pronunciation just flat on my head. But he he was a uh, favorite coming into this fight, and he just got uh, gassed out in about four seconds. That was one of the worst fights I've ever seen, by the way. Yeah, I, I missed that one. I was driving down to Pat's house, so I missed that one. Oh, you did. You might have missed the fight, but you didn't miss anything. So, um, good. So, so that'll do it for our recap of UFC 253. Adesanya still the champ. Costa, I don't know what to say. Time to regroup. Come back better than ever, but I'm not sure he'll ever have what it takes to match up against Adesanya. But um, there's still some good fights for him in the division. We'll see what happens. But, you know, I, I was thinking, you know, Costa looks so big. I didn't think he looked very big compared to Adesanya. I mean, I, I know Adesanya's taller, but for being a skinny guy, for looking like a skinny guy, he also doesn't, Adesanya that is, he also doesn't, isn't actually that skinny at all. Um, no. He's like pretty, pretty like, you know, thick for being a skinny guy, if that makes any sense. Yeah, no, I, I bet I bet he realistically cuts down from probably 210 pounds maybe a little more than that even and costa cuts down from about 225 or something so i mean in shape versus when they actually start their cut of the week so i think there's a pretty good chance those guys are closer in weight not now out of shape i don't think adesanya probably gets very much higher than he goes into camp but costa i don't know what that guy weighs when he's out of shape because he's a balloon how do you think paulo costa does at 205 if he moved up i don't know i thought i had thought that there had been some talk that that was going to be his only option because I know, like I've told you before, I think the California commission said they, they won't let him fight at 185 anymore because he has to cut too much weight. Um, it's worth trying out, isn't it? I mean, look at 205 division versus 185. I think 205 is a, he, he might have a legit shot at a top five, top 10 guy or immediately top 10, maybe top five guy. If he asked for it, I'd, I mean, he might, 
Why not just let him beat the shit out of Anthony Smith? Everyone else has. I'll tell you why. Because he only wins at 185. Not only, I, I should kind of paraphrase that, but basically only wins at 185 because he's so much bigger than his opponents and he can kind of bully them. And that's his whole style. He gets in there, he brawls, he takes one to give one because he's has the size on everybody. He doesn't have that size and he clearly doesn't have the skill to be the smaller fighter in there. So I think going up to 205, I think Jan Blackwood destroys him. Um, I think it's a close fight yeah. versus Dominic Reyes, although Reyes might quit. Depends if he thinks he's the champion or not, I guess. Um, Glover, I think, is a close fight. Glover and Paulo Costa. Um, Glover's tricky. Yeah. I, I mean, I just don't think he does very good moving up. He could beat up Anthony Smith. Yeah. I mean, he'll knock Anthony Smith's teeth out, but besides that. Well, he'd be in good company if he knocked out Anthony Smith's teeth. We've They've all been there. So, um, moving on, though, we'll get into our 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 stocks our fighter stocks anyway on a positive note george st pierre is back fighting business it's like the stock market some guys sometimes their stock is high some guys their stock is low and it's a question of timing i wanted to make a big boom in my comeback and like i said it's like the stock market right now the guy who has the highest stock right now it's michael bisping all right let's do our fighter stocks with gsp we'll start with who you got going up Obviously, Israel Adesanya. I got him going up, obviously. Um, definitely uh, more of a fan than I was before the fight. Yeah, and I didn't know if his stock could go up because I thought if you beat if you beat Costa and you beat him like you beat Yoel Romero or um, like you beat Kelvin Gastelum even, I didn't think your stock could go up. But just a perfect masterclass performance against a guy a lot of people thought would give him problems. His stock went up. I think he may be taking that step that – global superstar type step um so i think it's Here's partially I'm, timing I'm gonna, I'm gonna find a list of everybody who thought costa was gonna give uh adesanya problems and call them out for being dumb as fuck anybody with two eyes and has watched costa's and adesanya's fights could clearly see how that one was gonna go so if uh if you uh if you thought costa was gonna win that fight i'm calling you out well you have every right to do so because you absolutely nailed it on the head last week when you broke the fight down let's not blame him for thinking costa could win let's blame him for not listening to the show uh, yeah we can do that they're I leaving mean, money on the table I, I get it i get it former costa fan as well former costa stan um i i wanted to i really wanted to i tried to think of him i tried to winning too. that fight and it just i couldn't see it ever happening so i guess i could see where you could uh could just get caught up let your heart for the guy you let your heart, yeah. I, I, I'm still a Costa stand, but I was a Costa stand last week, and I said I've run through every scenario in my head. I just don't see how it happens. Like it, get this. You just, I, I bet, I bet Nate Diaz over Jorge Masvidal when <laughs> clearly, if I was thinking in my head, um, Jorge Masvidal. I, I think I even wanted to bet him, but I, I just can't ever bet against my guy Nate. So I, I'm guilty of it as well. Although I don't know if I'd give that advice out on the podcast or anything. <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, at times we've all we've all thought with our hearts instead of our heads. I even posted on the JLT. I posted your lock of the night on the on the uh, Instagram page before the fight. I said our hearts are with Costa, our heads are with uh, Adesanya, and so you said it perfectly last week. Uh, you're gonna end up happy one way or another if you bet Adesanya and you hope for Costa. So 
Yeah, um, I threw I threw a little that's bit what on we Adesanya got. by by knockout too at plus one and twenty five. So that was a little nice. Ooh, yeah, that was nice. I did not do that. I just bet out Adesanya straight up um, because I didn't know I didn't know what Costa's chin was. I didn't know Costa's chin. I didn't know he's not chinny, but he just got tagged just perfectly. So I've never seen him hurt before. So he's not chinny, but I just assumed that he was going to be going in and trying to pressure that Adesanya would pick him apart and he wasn't going to be able to go five rounds like that. So, I mean, if you have so a guy that, that, I mean, that you're hitting, you're giving one to take one, like the Yoel Romero fight, that's one thing. But if you got a guy that you literally can't hit, then that's a whole different story. You're going to, if you're not landing anything, you're not hurting him at all. Like he's going to take you out eventually. Yeah. Well, I mean, again, you're on a, you were on a very, very hot streak with the JLT lock of the Knights, And this one, I think you were as certain of as any. So, I mean, um, but don't give me too much credit. A lot of them have been decent favorites. So <laughs> I don't but know I though. Cause it, I try to keep it under minus 200. I, I'm not, yeah, they've all been that are minus 450. Yeah. They're, I mean, you could have made Jake Matthews lock of the night, but instead we said Diego had a shot. <laughs> right. <laughs> Hearts are all with right. Diego. Well, yeah, of course. But back to stocks. I have Brandon, my guy, Brandon Royval stock going up. He was an underdog plus 170 underdog. And uh, he, I mean, he got rocked early, and I thought, okay, this is why he was a 170 underdog, but he bounced back, threw a wild spinning elbow, rocked Kaikar France right back. Um, seems, like a, seems like a cool dude. And uh, 125 division's pretty thin, so I imagine he will be, in, he's already in contention, so, and I imagine he'll be looking to fight again soon. I mean, you never forget the struggle, especially not when you were living it about three months ago, so... Um, He's not struggling anymore, but he was. He, I'm sure he hasn't forgot about his past life that was back in June. Yeah, Brandon Royvel is a dog, a raw dog. A raw dog. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm definitely tuning in for every one of his fights. I, you know, I think we kind of talked about this a little bit last week too. We thought, you know, there could be potential on an upset. I don't think we we went as far as saying to bet on him or anything, but um, he was just something I, someone I was keeping an eye on to see. If it was just first fight hype, you come in hot, you get the win um, against a guy like Tim Elliott, or if it was, you know, the real deal. I think this one showed that, you know, he's the real deal. And, you know, I think he's live against anyone in that division, really. Um, I mean, we'll have to see a little bit more of him. uh, But, I mean, he's just wild. Doesn't seem like he's ever out of the fight. So you're going to have to take this guy out because he's going to keep coming the whole time. So uh, definitely going to be a fun fighter to watch. Yeah, for sure. And one last thing I want to say about him as far as the stock going up, I had a bunch of parlays. He cost me a ton of money on parlays because he was the main guy that killed all my parlays. Like I had him all the way down. I had Kai Kara France all the way down to my three fight parlays. So like imagine me going from 10 down to three and a lot of them came down to this fight. But Brandon Revell, do not apologize to me. I should be apologizing to you. I underestimated you uh, and you turned out to be the real deal. And in, in turn, I'm not upset about my uh my losing those bets because i made the mistake and uh it was a great fight yep uh next up i'm gonna go jan blockwitz um you know polish power um and i guess he's, he's looking like a hero over there right now i won't go too much into it since we try to keep this part short but uh yeah i mean everyone knows why he's uh he's going up this week absolutely world world uh world star not world star the website but like he's uh He's a international star. Uh, I got Brad Riddell going up. I thought he was losing in the first round, and then he came back and dominated the next two rounds. So that was pretty impressive. He looked outgunned in round one, 
but I think it was all part of his game plan because he finished very strong in round two and three, and he's one of the city kickboxing guys that ended up coming home with a win. So Brad Riddell looked good. Yep, and then uh, I'm going to go with – did we do Ludovic Klein yet? No, he hasn't been out yet. All right, I'm going to go with Ludovic Klein. This weight, didn't give a fuck. 90 minutes left, just waited in and called it quits, 30%. Uh, and and dominated. You can uh, just cash checks and uh, you know get knock out, get the JLT knockout of the night. Um, you know you don't Worth get the performance it. bonus, but you get the JLT knockout of the night. So uh, stocks going up as far as we're concerned. Israel Adesanya might have a different take on that. Although I am a new recent Israel Adesanya fan, um, I'm gonna have to disagree with him on that one. All right, yeah, I like it too. Uh, well, last one for me going up would be uh, Juan Espino. Just because I didn't know who he was, I believe he might have been the biggest favorite on the card at minus 345. But big guy, moves well. Um, didn't know much about him coming in. I think he's been out with in- I think he's been out for a couple years with injuries. So uh, way to bounce back, and I won't forget him. I yeah, and I'm going to go with uh, last one, uh, Hakeem Dawadu. Uh, oh yeah, I forgot so, about him. Yeah, it's definitely gonna put him going up. You know, it was a close decision, but uh, he won it. Um, Tahugov just took the last round out, uh, round off, and um, you know, Dawadu just kept the pressure on and uh, didn't let it get to him, and and he won the fight. The judges scored it for him, so I think it was a split decision. But also, uh, Tahugov, uh, I believe he missed weight, so um, he didn't he didn't let anything deter him and uh, had a good fight. Yeah, and it was a good fight. Um, did, did one judge have it 30-27 for Tahugov? Um, I thought one judge had it 30-27 for Dawadu, which I thought was Maybe. Wrong. I don't remember. There was, a, yeah, there was one crazy was. judge. A, ju- a judge had it 30-27 for Dawadu, and I thought that was completely wrong because I can't remember now if it was the first or the second, but first. I thought, I thought uh, Tahugov clearly won one of the rounds. I, thought, I think it was the first round because I remember thinking we're off to a good start because I had him on a couple bets. So... That ref stock is going down for sure. So we'll move on yeah. to our stocks going down. Start with the ref. They gave a 30-27 on that round. Um, other than that, I'll go Dominic Reyes. I'm taking Dominic Reyes' stock going down because you've brutalized him enough this episode. So uh, I'm going to give him a little pass. He's hurting He's hurting bad enough. <laughs> you've exposed his hairline. You've exposed his game. And uh, <laughs> I didn't expose his hairline, man. That, that, that wasn't me. I, I may have commented on it, but it, it's been exposed. <laughs> All right, well, um, but tough, tough, tough uh, loss, Dominic. If you hear this, if you hear this, you got a fellow, a fellow um, hair loss buddy here. So I'll be, I'll Receding. be there with you one of these days. Yeah, in about eighty-five years, <laughs> one hair at a time. <laughs> one hair at a time. All right, well, tough loss for Dominic Reyes. Um, I think he'll bounce back. He's probably still learning. Like he hasn't even been training MMA that long. He doesn't have a very long to. Uh, I mean, if it wasn't for the 205 division being where it's at, I mean, not, don't take it away from me. He had some good wins, but his resume was pretty thin coming in here. Even even as thin as the 205 division is, I think it's going to be tough for him to get back to 205. So uh, I think his stock takes a hit, and I don't know if, if it ever recovers. Yeah, yeah, I don't think so. I, I just don't see him getting back to it. The only bonus for him is there's – a bunch of cans in the 205 division, so it might not be too hard to put a win streak together to get back up there. Hasn't fought Anthony Smith. Hasn't fought Anthony Smith. There's a there's someone to get him on track. <laughs> All right, let's get him that fight. Poor guy's been through enough. 
Uh -huh, all right, so going down, I have uh, Paula Costa. Um, you got dry humped after you got knocked <laughs> out. Um, there, there's no better way to go down than, than to go down like that. Yeah, um, that was a rough one. Um, I have, unfortunately, our guy, Diego Sanchez. Somehow he skated by and got, um, got like, what did you say, three of his last four, four of his last five wins. Don't know how it happened. He, not only did he look bad in the fight, he looked like kind of fat and out of shape. Just it, the optics weren't good. The optics weren't good for the nightmare. Um, I think maybe his, his weird coach is finally catching up with him. I think a lot of things, age is catching up with him. I don't know what else to say. You can't be a punching bag forever, though, and I, th I hope Diego Sanchez starts thinking about getting out of the game. But regardless, as long as he's a fighter, his stock goes down. Now, his stock is one of those stocks where as soon as he retires, it instantly shoots back up to legend status. But while he's fighting, it's got to go down. Yeah, unless he keeps taking beatings like he just took. Because um, BJ Penn, I don't think when he retires, he's going to instantly go back up to legend status. That's true. Um, I think. Yeah, but is he ever going to retire? Done too much damage. Um, I mean, once you start getting knocked out in bar fights, that's kind of like where you're, there's no coming back. So once you go 0 and 5 yeah. in the cage and 0 and 5 at the bar, you're 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 legend or you're um, yeah, the legend of uh, of you is just a, irreparably damaged. Well, that and running your running your record to almost 500. That's what Roy Nelson did too. Roy Nelson's like 20 and 20 now or something. Something insane. BJ Penn lost like 11 in a row or 9 in a row or something and he's almost 500. So Diego's not close to that. Diego's like 35 and 12, but he he's got a long way to go to get to that that situation, but I I definitely see your point. If you lose too many fights in a row, people just aren't going to forget. People don't forget. Yep. And um Let's see. Who do you got going? You just said Diego, right? Yeah, I had Diego going down. All right, I got uh, Kai Kara France. Uh, messed up your parlays. You know, A lot of got, them. Too many. Yeah, Brandon Royval. He he put up Brandon Royval, though, but uh, Kai Kara France is going down. He's going to need uh, some help to get back up. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't have yeah, anyone else going down. I just think it's a pretty weak name. It's not a great fighter name. Kai Kara France. It, just, it seems weak to me. Well, Kara, Kara sounds like a like a girl's name. Yeah. And Kai. And France, France is also, I associate France with chicks too, so. And Kai, other than being the hatchet-wielding hitchhiker, is, um, that's, he's not him. So the only cool Kai I know is Kai the hatchet-wielding hitchhiker. And he did not smash, smash, smash. So it definitely couldn't have been him. Yeah, exactly. So that's all I got going down, though. I don't have anyone. Well, Danilo Mar Marquez and uh, Cadiz Imabrigov, Imabrigov are both going down, but they're too low. They're, those stocks are trading too low to even really could be concerned about. So you got any more going down, though? Uh, nope, that's about it for me. All right, that'll do it for Stocks of the Week, then. Next up, we have a very special presentation, our Horny MMA Guy of the Week. Now, we haven't called out a horny MMA guy in a long time, but that's not because they don't exist. We just we don't go searching for them. Even if we even without searching for them, they come up all the time. But uh, Ryan came across an extra special one on Reddit just this week, and um, we'll just uh, we'll just kind of funnel through what was said, and uh, you can make up your own minds on what this guy's issues are. But uh, you want to take it from the top with uh, his original post. 
Yeah, so hold on one second. I got to pull that so out real fast. This is this is a horny divorced man, uh, possibly a former uh, A-level athlete. He may, he may have been an A-level athlete at one time in his life. All right, so his original post was, um, he said, he posted in the general discussion thread the other day and said, so I'm talking to a girl who's a D1 wrestler and insanely hot right now. Not going to name her name, but I think we going to start e-dating. Just video called with her, and she has a black eye from practice. Kind of into this. She likes MMA, too, and I'm telling her why Fedor is the GOAT. Swear this is all true. Rolling on the floor laughing. Uh, told her we can cuddle wrestle. Rolling on the floor laughing. Might train her to beat Valentina. And obviously, he's using ROFL. Not actually saying it out, but yeah, so that's his first post. And from there, it just gets creepier and creepier, basically. Uh, and we'll, so, we'll, ta- we'll take it through a few of these posts. So it, it doesn't start off great, but it, it's nothing about from what's, com- what's to come here. So, But suspicious, though, from the start is that he says she's totally real. Yeah, not making this up. Totally real. Not making this up. Uh, and then he goes on. Always. So he doesn't do dating apps, he says. She messaged him on Instagram weeks ago, and he never saw it. He said she wrestled at one of the top programs, but... She's 18 and I'm 30. He says he looks 24, though, so I LOL. So I guess that might make it a little better. Then someone co- comes in and kind of uh, burns him and goes, all right, Pat Barry. And then he, he takes a liking to that and says, I'm the new Pat. You read my mind. I just said I'm the new Pat Barry, but legal, I guess. Valentina getting wrestled up in a few years. She said she trained MMA last summer and likes Khabib. I'm going to meet her at least a month. For at least a month if we end up meeting anyway. So she'll be 19. I'm Crystalia now. <laughs> this took a dark right. turn. So, you see, we're starting to start, starting to get weirder and weirder here. But then he We're then starting he to put a picture to say, together. Someone goes on to say, Shout out to Aspen Lads coach and your creep belt lineage will be undefeated, B. And, and, he, and he, he goes... She got a big head like Rose and Lad too. I told her she's got a head for fighting and she likes it. So I'm real into her now. But if I'm going to date this chick, no way I'm letting her fight. But she probably would ragdoll the 125 division right now. <laughs> Man, let's see. Yeah, so he's, he's a, getting, <clears throat> a little weirder and weirder and weirder. Um, How about when he says... Oh, so he starts getting shit for some of this stuff because he's his story. His story just it started with I know a wrestling girl who's hot or whatever, and he's first of all like the, when we start getting details, he's a little creepy. He's thirty years old and divorced. Says he looks twenty four. Says this girl's totally real. Starts getting some shit, some doubters, and he Here, follows here's up the with thing though. A lot of people are ripping him, but kind of doing it sarcastically, and he doesn't seem to get that they're ripping him. He just responds with like just keeps chatting on and on about how like how into this chick he is. He doesn't seem to notice that mostly the entire threat is making fun of him at this point. And being the new Pat Barry is not something to brag about and or being <laughs> or I think he put his own Crystalia spin on there and I don't know Yeah, he, no one called him Crystalia. He 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 just he gave that to himself. That's dark. So, people are kind of ripping on him though and he does kind of get the point or I don't know, he thinks people are doubting him. 
he was he people he thought people were doubting him in his own original post when he said she's totally real like i'm i'm definitely not making this up rolling the floor laughing why why you put that i don't know but i'm not kidding this chick would be a pay-per-view star for the ufc all now hold on all natural and from a farm natural bond but fit as shit and ridiculous face i may have just freaked her out though southern farm (laughs) chick who wrestles since five i may have got (laughs) i may have got too kinky too fast updates to come (laughs) (laughs) this guy's out of control um Let's see here. Hold on. There was one more I wanted to read too. Where's the one where he talks about she's the one? Oh, that's uh, that's okay. So that's at the very, very bottom. And uh, cool, but how are you going to tell this poor girl about who's the goat? And he responds, because she asked who my favorite fighter was. And I sent her five different Fedor highlight films, and she's already loving it. So she, I know she's the one. She said, "He looks like a cool guy." Roll, R O F L once more. I gotta get a priest like Fedor now, since she's deep in being Catholic. I deleted original comments, so this doesn't get back to her somehow. Whoops. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> well. The original comment is not out there on the JLT podcast, but as you can see, this took a turn. He's he's video chatted with her once. Um, he's talking about how much he's in love with her, and and by the end of it, he's he's saying that that's how he knew she was the one. So by the within, I guess a day of meeting her, he's now basically met her, video chatted with her, and then went to the general discussion thread on RMMA on Reddit. And then talked himself into her being the one. Um, I just can't say I'm not, I'm not surprised that this guy's divorced. Yeah, um, I wouldn't be surprised if he's divorced again. Hopefully, this girl figures it out. Pretty, pretty. Um, I mean this 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 happened seven days ago. So after our last podcast, this is when we came across uh, horny MMA guy of the week, and we just couldn't uh, pass it up. I would. As a better, as a better, this is not a betting podcast, but as a better myself, I would put a quite a bit on the fact that she's probably not talking to this guy anymore. Yeah, I, set, yeah, set some I, odds for I us. I wish she would reach out so we could find out for sure and to see if she was actually as into this guy as he was into her. It sounds like she didn't just hang up on him; she at least like talked to him quite a bit, from what it seems like. But who knows? That might not even be the case. He might be completely out of it, delusional. Um, uh, he's delusional D- judging by the comments he's delusional he's absolutely delusional people are making fun of him and he doesn't get it like she might have been making fun of him and he might not have been getting it there the delusion was very very strong but she might not even be a wrestler she might not even be real dude but it's like his girlfriend who goes to a different school or something like you wouldn't know her she goes to a different school but she's a top wrestler she's a top wrestler and she i'm gonna train her to be valentina uh huge huge key right there Every horny MMA guy brings up Valentina Shevchenko. Every horny MMA guy does it. It's true. There's there's no so, way getting around it. It all comes back to Valentina somehow. So that should have been key number one. That's uh that was uh, clue number one that something was up. It, it why would the guy go to the main page on Reddit R MMA? That's the only reason he he exposed himself. Like we didn't go looking for this fella. Yeah, no. He brought this on himself. Definitely, um, definitely. And you know, 
when you got to start off by start off your post by like basically defending yourself on that you're not making it up, you're probably making it up. <laughs> totally real, not making this up. Roll on the floor laughing. Like I don't know. <laughs> Why are you rolling on the floor laughing so much? I've never rolled on the floor and laughed, buddy. <laughs> You're 30 years old. Like, LOL should barely be in your vocabulary anymore, let alone roll on the floor, R-O-F-L. And I, I like mean, how his LOLs, he capitalizes the whole thing. Like, ooh, Well, that's on, an older man. guy move. We get it. That's that's like an older move, though. That's like a 30-plus move. 30-plus? I mean, I'm put, I'm almost 30, uh, and I know. I've, I've I'm only 30 strictly in a month. used lowercase LOLs. Like. I know, but we're we're kind of on the cutting edge. We're 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 not normal thirty year olds. We're cool thirty year olds. That's like a thirty five year old thing. Thirty five plus. They uh-huh. do the LOLs and capitals, but they don't do ROFL and they don't talk to eighteen year olds and call themselves the new Pat Barry. So yeah, and I don't yeah, know what's the verdict on this guy. <laughs> what's the verdict on this guy? Just total creep. Um. She's probably not talking to him anymore if she ever was. Um, Verdict, total creep, probably has a restraining order against him by now. <laughs> or they're well on their way to um, to his second marriage and uh, training her to beat Valentina and watching um, Fedor highlights together on the reg. <laughs> and probably a second divorce somewhere down the line. But until then, maybe, maybe you can give her some tips. I don't know. Uh, we need the divi- We need a. We need some uh, some fresh fighters in the division, though. So um, whatever you got to do, man, to sacrifice and give us a challenge for Valentina. Valentina would probably like that, but uh, the rest of us are just slightly creeped out by our horny guy, horny MMA guy of the week. So <clears throat> one other thing that I don't get: what's so impressive about her being from a farm? <laughs> He said it so many times that she's from a farm. And that, that was part of the reason she's going to be a star, because she's from a farm. It's like, what is it, like his Tinder profile, looking for girls from farms? Like, Why, you must no, have milked a farmer, cow with your bare hands before. No, he just went to farmersonly.com. Is that where he met her at? I don't I, know, but no, if you're looking Instagram. for a girl from... Oh, well, if you're looking for a girl from a farm, you just have to go to Farmers Only. It already exists. So a lot of people think being from a farm is a special skill. So... But he repeated that numerous times that she was from a farm, which, like you said, I'm not exactly sure where uh, where that all fell into line. That Why is she going to be a star? Because she's from a farm. Like, I don't know what's going on, man. Just, uh, you know, you just all you were doing was looking for some some MMA news, some some updates, some news, and you just got uh, blindsided by this creep. But he provided us quite a bit of entertainment. So wherever you are um, – of what was his name like former a a a level athlete or something um good luck man uh, maybe dial down the... he was he's never an a level athlete ever <laughs> he was not a former a level athlete yeah no what no chance a level athletes would know how to behave themselves in these situations <laughs> exactly. they wouldn't be in these situations in the first place but they like would know how to behave themselves laid before and not acting like a fucking 12 year old boy who talked to their first girl on facetime yeah, well, conspiracy. Maybe the marriage was never real. Maybe this guy just thinks really, really weird lies are cool. So he just keeps saying really weird lies, thinking that it's cool, not realizing it's just digging him deeper and deeper. And by the end, he's basically a divorced creep. Yeah, I don't Slash. know. Uh, we, could, we could go on thinking about this all night, but <laughs> I think it's time to move on at this point. <laughs> so horniest guy in MMA this week. Um, anytime they pop up, we'll bring them in. We'll bring them up as much as possible. 
it's a weird the only reason the one reason I we wanted to bring him up though is it's a weird genre of person to be a horny MMA fan, but they fit so many stereotypes. They're all like they're all basically the same. Oh yeah, it's weird how many of them there are. Um and how similar. How similar and how many. Yeah, it's it's really strange. It's like a, a special type of person, but they're out there. Yeah, they're special, all right. Yeah, they are out there. So uh we'll move on from that. Horniest guy in MMA of the week, maybe the month, maybe the year. We'll see what happens. Um, I think the year maybe as far as I'm concerned right now. Yeah. Maybe he's the guy that wrote the Valentina post too. We don't know. <laughs> I wouldn't be maybe surprised. Maybe this is all. <laughs> if, if the Valentina post included her being from a farm somehow, then I would say 100%. But since it doesn't, like. Just running multi-million dollar businesses. Um, so. Tactical We'll move on training. to real news. <laughs> We'll move on to real news now. Real news that actually happened. Um, that actually happened. Well, that was actually posted. We don't know if it actually happened. But real news. Uh, we got a big – speaking of divorce, we got uh, Dana and Conor McGregor. Things are starting to get ugly. We got – Dana said Conor violated the bro code when he leaked all the DMs between him and Dana about Conor wanting to fight Diego Sanchez. So when I said when I said that Conor called, wanted to fight Diego Sanchez, he told Dana in February – that he wanted to fight Diego Sanchez very soon because February was just after his fight with Cowboy. He wanted another fight with Diego Sanchez. He was basically just fighting old old cans by so after beating Cowboy and then Diego Sanchez. Uh, Dana's exact words were something along the lines of, bro, we should lose our promoter's license if we make that fight. And uh, Connor leaked all that, somehow acting like he was complimenting. He tagged Diego Sanchez, and he acted like he was complimenting him, saying – Check it out, bro. I, I I was asking for a fight with you. So uh, Dana's pissed because he leaked a private conversation, which I understand that 100%. And uh, basically Dana was shitting on Diego Sanchez, saying that he would lose his promoter's license for making that fight. And uh, so things are starting to get ugly. In the last 12, last 24 hours, this has evolved. Now, now Connor's claiming he's going to fight Dustin Poirier in an exhibition fight in Ireland Outside of the UFC through McGregor McGregor Sports and Entertainment or whatever, and uh, all the money's going to go to charity. Um, Dustin Poirier said he's on board, wants to do it, even used the hashtag Cletus in this, one of his posts. So uh, I don't know what you make of this news. It was all over ESPN MMA. Um, I don't think they can actually fight. Can they actually fight? Can they actually do it? If Connor could fight Floyd outside the UFC, can Poirier fight Connor in exhibition outside the UFC? I don't think so. I mean, the Floyd fight was approved and co-promoted by the UFC, along with Mayweather um, and uh, and Conor. Showtime. So I, I don't think this is possible. I would have to get our lawyer pad on it. Uh-huh. But, uh, but yeah, I, I, I don't think it's possible unless there's some type of loophole because it's for charity. That would be the only way I could see. I mean, maybe there is. Maybe there is some type of charity loophole that they're allowed to compete in charity exhibition matches or something, but I, I don't think so. I would assume the UFC contracts, especially Conor McGregor's, are pretty, pretty airtight as far as them fighting anywhere else besides in the UFC for any Yeah, reason. and even if, it, even if it was legal, I don't think it ever happens anyways. You know, he's starting to remind me of with his Twitter stuff is uh, he's starting to sound like Kanye West when he does these crazy, like, 10-tweet rants that just are berserk with, like, these insane ideas. Um, I don't know what Connor's deal is if he just gets crazy because uh, because 
Uh, he sees like the UFC. It's always around a big card too, like around UFC two or any any pay per view. He starts tweeting something, to trying to kind of bring the attention back to himself. Um, obviously, it works. We're talking about him. This one was actually started because, um, DC said something. I don't remember what DC said, but this this ended up. He called DC a fat fool, and then he started this tweet rampage, and then he came up with the idea in the middle of the tweet rampage for this exhibition fight, but. Bottom line, Dana and Connor on shaky terms right now. Um, this would be another divorce between uh, a father never loved his son more than Dana than Dana White loved Connor McGregor. So uh, this would be a sad one to see. Right. But um, yeah, this is kind of like I don't know. I feel like Connor might be like the kind of guy that needs something to do or he goes off the rails. So like if he's not constantly training for a fight, like the entire lead up to the Aldo and then Nate fight. And, you know, after the Nate fights, pretty much, I guess, yeah, he pretty much has been kind of off and on and never having to consistently be in the gym nonstop, just not having one fight after another. And I think it's kind of his downfall that he hasn't kept doing that. I get it when you get to being as big of a star as him. Realistically, you can't really fight three three times a year. Um, it's one to two times a year when you're that big of a star. There's a lot of promotion that goes into it. There's a lot of other things that go into it. Um, and also, you know, you can't just keep taking a bunch of losses either. So I think he kind of a victim of his own success here that, uh, you know, he kind of needs to be on the, on the mindset of just go, go, go. And that's what he wanted to do. I, I think in 2020, he said he was going to do three fights in 2020 and then COVID kind of screwed that all up for him. So for no fault of his own, I think he was trying to get back on track with that Cerrone fight. He's going to have one in the summer and then have one at the end of the year, which I think would have kept him pretty busy. And I don't think we'd be uh, seeing him breaking bro code and whatnot. But uh, also, like, does Dana know what bro code is? I don't think that applies to, like, kind of, like, semi-joking tweets, like, or, I mean, text about fighting someone that clearly you shouldn't be fighting. Like, um, I get <laughs> well, it. I he... get why Dana's probably mad, but I, I, don't, I wouldn't classify that as bro code. I guess Dana'd probably be mad because I'm sure he has respect for Diego Sanchez and pretty close with him for his, since he's been in the organization for so long and probably doesn't want to see him want Diego to see him basically just laughing at him but <laughs> he uh he leaked quite a few of the of the DMs it was pretty personal it was a private conversation but um also, one like, last no- is, although this is a Dana White podcast also isn't Dana the one accused of like sleeping with half the UFC fighters wives <laughs> and stuff like that so like I, I don't know where bro code is there yeah that's that is that there's no question that that's bro code um but accusations Allegedly. Dana White podcast Dana White podcast, those are accusations. Um, well, there, the another thing, the last thing, the last thing on the Connor agenda, um, and I think you're right. I think those were all really good points because it sounds like they were putting him on the bench because they do not want him to fight without a crowd, without a live gate. So, because um, he was, he was asking for fights, and I think you're right. I think he probably would have fought a couple times. And to be crazy honest. If somehow Justin Gaethje wins to win this fight, or somehow Khabib retires, I think Connor's got a good shot of getting the belt back. I really, truly do. So, yeah, even I off mean, the deep end. Yeah, I don't think they want Connor fighting without a live gate. But I mean, because of just how big his purse is, I don't think it has. I think it just financially, like they need the the live gate there. But yeah, I mean, if you look at it this way, maybe Connor wants, but maybe he'll take a little less money. Maybe they can work out some deal where he makes money on the back end through something else. Like, I'm sure there's deals to be made to get him fighting. Uh, it just doesn't seem like they're really looking into it that hard right now. Well, I hate to say it, but you sound like Ariel right now. That was his That was his take. Shit. I need to start watching that so I don't say anything <laughs> that guy says. 
Well, um, I'll just say, well, I, I actually agreed with Ariel on that take too. Like if the guy's asking, if your biggest star is asking for a fight, how do you not give him one? And speaking of fights, he claims he's fighting Manny Pacquiao in the Middle East, boxing him. And he claims, and Manny Pacquiao said that this is true. Um, I honestly think that as far as fighter stocks go, I think that this would be a stock going down. First of all, I'm not going to watch Conor McGregor box again. Well, I'm not going to pay to watch yeah. Conor McGregor box yeah. again. One word. And pass. Manny Pacquiao pass. actually punches. That's all. Yeah. Pass. Pass. I don't. I think it hurts his fight. stock. Give me. Give I me think, a break. Yeah, I think it hurts his stock. Manny Pacquiao actually punches. Floyd Mayweather doesn't really punch, and he TKO'd him. Uh, Manny Pacquiao actually punches. I think he sleeps, Connor, and I just don't think there's what. I mean, just what's the point? And the only I think this, this is one of those things where sense, we get this. They're paying Pacquiao to take a dive. And then it's like the Ooh. biggest thing ever. Floyd Mayweather rematch gets set up. It's huge. Connor's the biggest thing in sports. Boom. Again, diabolical. That's like one of his uh, bipolar uh, scenarios that he comes up with when he's having these insane tweet rants. So I don't know, man. I just feel like if that fight happens, I I just don't, I don't think people would even be watching it if it did happen. Like everyone feels like they got they got duped once. They're not going to pay a hundred bucks again. So whether it happens, whether it doesn't, I don't know. But that's probably enough Conor McGregor since he's not really an active fighter. I mean, I still like the guy. I'm still a fan of his fighting. Um, he's always relevant in the UFC because he's still one of the biggest stars, if not the biggest star. But um, things are the the boat is a little shaky right now for McGregor in the past few weeks. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> All right, so we'll move on from ding, uh, Connor ding. to yeah. Yeah, maybe that's the problem. Too much proper 12. Um, but we got some good news. At least I think it's good news. Dana did say he think we could very well see a Col- uh, Colby Covington-Jorge Masvidal matchup. I thought Masvidal was tied up with another Nate fight. Uh, maybe that hasn't gone all the way through yet. And uh, I would rather see him fight Colby Covington, to be honest. Yeah, obviously it's not not as big of a draw. Uh, it's probably like headlining an ESPN card or maybe co-main to a, a good main event on a pay-per-view. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's a fight that I'd definitely tune in for. It's got some heat there. Former training partners now hate each other. Um, definitely something I'd be tuning into. I think that's a good matchup. Um, keep it in the division. It's a tough matchup. I think, you know, styles make fights. This one would be really interesting uh, to see how it goes. I think, uh, yeah, I really don't know. These guys know a lot about each other. This one this one would be tough to call. I'd like to say I, I'm, I'm biased against Masvidal, though, but uh, – I like to say Colby kind of implements a wrestling style game plan more similar to like RDA when he fought him and uh, kind of uh, just, you know, suffocates Masvidal. But you never know. Uh, This could be a really good matchup. I could see Masvidal, you know, maybe Colby has some confidence on the feet now. He's been uh, piecing people up a little bit. Um, And, you know, if he tries to keep it there, it's Masvidal's fight. Yeah, I agree. I would be leaning towards um, Colby Covington in this one, but this is. This is an actual real fight between actual contenders. And not only is it actual contenders, this would be fighting for the belt of Donald Trump's favorite fighter. So this one has a little extra on it. This isn't the BMF. This is the uh, the TMF belt. Um, this would be – this would be uh, Trump has co- called Colby Covington on the phone and then gave to, uh, Jorge Masvidal a shout-out the other day. So these guys hate each other, but they love Donald Trump. So this could be – this could be the final, the final uh, straw in the who is really President Trump's favorite fighter. But all things considered, 
this would actually be a good fight. This is actually a fight I want. This is a real. This is a real fight. At the end of the day, this is a real fight, and it would be. I think the animosity is real. Um, so I hope they get it done. To be honest, I just this fight makes sense to me. Yeah, I want to see the Nate rematch. No, I'm betting. I'm betting Nate again. Fuck it. <laughs> Double down. You got to get your money it's back from be the first good time. Value this time. <laughs> the classic psych yourself into it. The classic uh, bounce back. Yeah. I've been there too many times. I mean, Diaz was just so, about to take that fight over. He was just starting to turn it down, turn it on. Yeah. Now you got to bet him by submission because you know, you know he knows uh, he knows Jorge now. He got a feel for him in the last time. He was he was about to uh, gas out and submit him. So, yeah, you got to make it back. You got to double down on your guy. That's called being loyal, though. But yeah. Um, speaking of guys, my guy, Wonderboy, respectfully, extremely respectfully, calls out Leon Edwards on Twitter and gets no response back. Leon Edwards, the guy who claims no one will fight him, no one wants anything to do with him, no, nobody will take a fight with him, he can't get a fight. Wonderboy calls him out on Twitter, says, I've never done this on Twitter before, feels a little weird, writes a very nice letter to him about how he would like to um, agree to engage in combat in the octagon with him. And uh, Leon Edwards, crickets, man. Even Gilbert Burns stepped in and wrote, like, Leon, are you going to reply? And he just never did. So uh, what do you think of that and the whole saga of Leon Edwards, no one will fight me? This is the perfect fight for Leon Edwards. Wonder Boy, couldn't couldn't have done a better matchmaking myself. Um, This is the fight he needs to take. This is the fight he deserves. He does not deserve a title shot. He does not deserve anyone at the top. You know, I know Ariel can keep harping on on he's the uncrowned champ and he deserves it and he's done all this and all that. But no, his resume is not good. His resume is somebody who should fight Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. And I think, you know, Thompson could easily win this fight um, against Leon Edwards. And uh, I'd say a three-round decision. I think Wonderboy wins it. Um, yeah, and I think it's the fight that, that should happen. I think it makes perfect sense. So uh, don't give me this. Leon Edwards deserves a title shot. You'd think I'd be biased because same last name, but definitely not. I don't like the guy. Cousin Leon. Yeah, it does make sense. This this fight actually makes sense, especially if Colby and uh, Jorge fight each other. And even if they don't, I don't think – I mean, this this fight really does make sense. And on top of all these things, I want to see my guy Wonderboy back in the octagon. He doesn't have many fights left. He's like 37 years old. He's an older guy. I want to let him get one last run at the title. Um, also, I mean, the guy writes you an extremely nice call. You'll never find a nicer call. Wonderboy is the uh, the NMF, the nicest guy. No, he no one will fight him for that belt because that there's no reason to challenge him. You could at least reply to him. So um, I take the silence as an insult, and uh, and I think Wonderboy wins that fight. So again, hopefully that one gets made. But uh, we'll move on. Uh, Jan Bohovic, been the champion for three days, calls DC a fat ass. Connor also calls him a fat ass. What's going on right now? Why is everyone calling DC a fat ass? Is he a fat ass? I mean, he's definitely a fat ass. I mean, have you have you seen the guy? <laughs> I never. I haven't heard a guy call. I don't think John Jones ever called him a fat ass. I mean, he's like the most in shape fat ass there is. I mean, I'll give him that. He is. Oh, he's got fat strength. Yeah. He's literally the top one percent, like point zero one percent of of fat men in terms of athleticism. But he, yeah, he's fat. There's no getting around it. 
Yeah, it's just a hilarious insult. It always works. Like that's like the first thing you learn to call somebody when like your first swear word is like calling somebody a fat ass in like first grade. And that insult never gets old. Like I might be yeah, biased because I was I was never fat, but <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I was never I was never fat, so I I I mean, I probably I don't think I ever called anyone a fat ass by the way. On record, anti-bullying, but uh, Jan Bohovic, that feels like it's out of character for him. I'm not surprised Connor called him a fat fool, but um, <laughs> Jan just gets the belt, and all of a sudden everyone's uh, everyone's fair game. He went nuclear, so he probably I, knows he wants he wants a fight to make some money, and there's literally the only two people would be John Jones and DC that can make him any money, and I guess he tried to get it by calling him a fat ass. I don't think it's a, the best strategy <laughs> at getting DC to fight you, but. To each their own. I mean, I give him credit for taking the shot. Yeah, he said he was going to fist John Jones when they fought, so they never fought. But um, I did put all these tweets calling DC Fat on the Instagram page as well. If you want to see them, they're just funny to read out loud. And like I said, it's just never, it's never not funny when somebody calls somebody else a fat ass. And DC did reply, and he just said like, "No, belt's all yours. I'm just a retired guy or something." So um, maybe overkill by Jan Bohovic, who I don't think is known to be anything but a nice guy, but. Um, Definitely a funny, a funny exchange. So our last thing, Grudge King John Jones going back and forth without Asanya again. Super, we're talking super fights again. We've covered this in the podcast a long, long time ago, back when I was still on the podcasting couch. Um, I don't think this fight happens, but uh, Grudge King John Jones back at it uh, said that he said that he would literally rip one of Asanya's arms off. Where are you at with the thoughts on the super fight, and does it ever happen? Um, thoughts on it, love it. Um, does it ever happen? One hundred percent. I'm looking at the, the. I've been looking at the 185 division. Adesanya is not losing to anyone. He's for not being the champ for too long. He's already cleared out most of the division. See, Paulo Costa beat him. Yoel Romero beat him. Um, Kelvin Gaslam beat him. Um, Whitaker, Whitaker, yeah, Robert Whitaker, obviously. He's got to take out Jared Cannonier. Jack Hermanson is number four. He doesn't deserve a title shot, so I don't, I don't ever see him fighting Adesanya. And if he does, he's gonna 100% beat him. Um, anyone below that, yeah, I mean, there, there's no one out there right now that's gonna beat Israel Adesanya at 185. So, I think John Jones makes the most sense. I mean, I think they're gonna get Israel Adesanya one or two more wins and uh, build the hype up as much as possible. I think they're going to give him the best possible style matchups, try and really get some hype behind this guy, which, they, I mean, it's already building. And the, and he's going to fight John Jones at 205 for a huge super fight for a giant payday. Uh, I think that's the payday John Jones wants. I think Adesanya is cocky enough to think he can do it, uh, which, you know, I I might be a believer in that he could possibly could. I mean, I think it's going to be a boring fight if they fight. Um, you know, it's not going to be anything exciting. Uh, but, yeah, uh, yeah, I love it. Yeah, and I'm happy you said that because I think I think in a weird way it makes sense too, and like you said, the biggest the biggest factor here is the Adesanya is continuing to grow and become a bigger and bigger draw. So there's no question in my mind, if he wins a couple more fights, uh, he, I mean he's 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 on that trajectory where he's becoming a big draw. If uh, if Jorge Masvidal can draw 1.3 million, then uh, I don't know what Adesanya is going to be drawing in a couple more fights, but. Um, I think well, it makes sense. Anderson Silva, 13-fight win streak at, at 185 or 
And he had some fights with 205. He ran out of opponents. He fought at 205. He didn't fight for the belt, but he did take uh, almost like expedition. Why do I keep saying expedition? You know what I'm fucking saying. But exhibition match exhibition matches <laughs> at 205. And uh, yeah, I, I don't think that type of stuff, you know, when they move up, they're fighting for the belt. And there's no reason for Izzy to move up if he's not fighting for the belt. John Jones has to get that belt back, but that shouldn't be a problem. And uh, once he does, I think they set that fight up. <laughs> yeah, I'd love to see it. I would love, love, love to see it. Um, those two have been going back and forth at each other for a couple of years now. Um, 205 is John Jones's real division. 205 might be Adesanya's future division. I don't think he'll ever have trouble making 185, but you never know. Some of these guys, they get sick of cutting weight. And everything I've ever heard about Adesanya is he looks a lot bigger in person than you'd think. And like you said earlier, he's definitely not a very skinny guy, as Costa liked to call him. But so let's hope that fight happens. Um, let's, so probably what, what not. Are, let's look at it this way: What are John Jones' options if he comes back? He Adesanya super fight. He gets the belt back from John Blockowitz with these and fights Adesanya for it. Defends it against Adesanya at 205, or he fights Stipe or Francis, whoever <laughs> it has the belt at that time at heavyweight. What I mean, what do you think draws more? Right now, I'm leaning towards Adesanya. Yeah. Oh, 100. This would be. This would be. The most legit super fight in a long, long time. I can't even, I can't remember a bigger, I can't remember the greatest of all time against a guy that now people want to put in that conversation of the greatest of all time. This is like a huge, this would be a huge clash. If, if Adesanya wins two more masters. John Jones, if Francis gets that belt, that's got some heat behind it too. But I don't think yeah, Francis that'd be, is quite that mainstream yet. I mean, he's getting mm, there, but he's got a little work to do. Yeah. No, I don't think, I don't know, I don't know what else draws. And also, I'm going to get into this a little later too, but um, uh, John Jones hates anime and Stylebender is an anime guy. So um, there's going to be heat between the anime community and the rest of us. And when I get into this later, when we do our uh, call outs and stuff, I'll explain to you how deep the anime community goes. So if, I mean, that we could be on the brink of civil war for that fight. So that's the fight to make. I think, I think you're right. hundred percent. Let's hope it gets done. All right, now we'll move on to our Isn't He Awesome and our weekly call-outs. Um, I'll have you go first for Isn't He Awesome, and then I'll follow you up, and then I'll do the weekly call-out first. You, you, know, you, you, know what, you know what Connor told me? He says, I want Khabib in Russia. <laughs> Is he fucking awesome? He's like, I want Khabib in Russia. Yeah, Connor McGregor is a fucking unicorn. There's nothing like him. And uh, he's, he's, t- he's, he's, he's working on boxing Floyd Mayweather, and then he's talking about Khabib in Russia right after. It's just, those are the kind of things that make that kid a fucking superstar. Somebody. You know? I got guys telling me, eh, I don't want to do, 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 you know, fucking, I don't want to fight this guy, and I don't want to do this. I want Floyd Mayweather, and I want fucking Khabib in Russia. How do you not love him? How do you not love Conor McGregor? All right, so isn't he awesome? I've talked about him a lot. Um, big new fan. It's going to be Israel Adesanya, Gino and all. Um, get over it. They're all on steroids. Nate Diaz said it. They're, everyone's on steroids. No big deal. Um, who cares? Israel Adesanya, dry humps Paulo Costa, takes the title, break dances on his grave. You can't beat the guy. Um, minus the video game shit and I guess being annoying on social media, which I don't have to see because I don't use it very often. Um, I mean... 
it's exciting. There's big things coming up for him. All right. Yeah. Um, I agree. I like it. Uh, Maya's knee awesome this week is uh, the Karate Combat Fight League. I don't know if the, I don't know if it's called Fight League, but it's called Karate Combat. They fight in this pit. It's on YouTube. Go to Karate Combat's channel. They got their their desk. Their desk is and their commentators is Boss Rutten, who I believe is an early investor in it. Brian Callen, who is possibly problematic, but apparently Karate Combat doesn't care. Woke That's cancel the only culture. Job he has left. Woke cancel culture is not going to cancel Brian Callen for karate combat. And then last Even but not Brian least on the desk. Kicked his ass to the curb. The fighter and the kid. The kid is gone. Yeah. Um, so he's on karate combat now. But their third guy, their third man in the booth is Marshawn Lynch, who knows nothing about fighting. He literally does not know. He's just ran- He just talks in the microphone. It's, it's pretty funny. Um, it's a completely different style of fighting, but... The optics of it are awesome. Like this pit they have, it's got walls on a 45-degree angle that are probably, I don't know, five foot tall. Like you can't get out of it. Like you can't run out of the, the ring. You can run up the walls, though, and jump off of them. But it's uh, you, no, no Muay Thai clinch. Is it like five on five? No, it's one on one. But it's uh, – I saw something where it's like five on five fights where they're like – there's <laughs> obstacles and shit. I think it was in Asia or something. It was, no, it was I, was in, I think that was in Russia. I thought that was in Russia. I saw something that was like gang fighting. <laughs> yeah. No, this is one on one. This is uh, this is somehow regulated. This is like got like Olympic karate rules or something. But it's pretty cool, man. It uh, you get you can do a takedown and you only get five seconds on the ground. So this is like right up your alley as far as uh, they don't let them stay on the ground. You get if you can like leg sweep and then you can do ground and pound, but only for five seconds. And the ref does like the basketball count. So you know exactly how long it's been. Um, no Muay Thai clinches. Um, what else is there? Uh, that's pretty much it. No Muay Thai clinches. No more than five seconds on the ground. Um, these guys are, I mean, it's all stand-up. Uh, it's pretty cool, though. So uh, I caught that on Sunday. I wasn't really expecting it. It's pretty cool. And it looks really cool. The camera angles and the crowd looks really cool because, like, if you're in the front row, you're like, your like head is just over the, just over the, uh, the wall. So you're like right on top of the action. It's pretty cool. Um, oh, wow. The fence and yeah, the the fence in the UFC is kind of obtrusive, especially if you're there and you're sitting lower. But this you can see right in. The optics are good. So uh, shout out to Karate Combat. I'm tuning in. I'm a fan now. Um, Brian Callen, I did not know where you went, but I looks like you landed on your feet. Marshawn Lynch, uh, didn't think didn't think he liked to talk, but apparently he does, uh, even though he didn't talk too much. So, but. Good, good, uh, good production. Check it out on YouTube. Um, I think new shows come out every Sunday for a little while or whatever. So that's my Isn't He Awesome. Um, move on to our weekly call out, <clears throat> and I've been waiting for this one. I'll go first. All right, take it away. We- All right. <clears throat> All right. So, little story for everyone. I was on the day after the fights. I go on Instagram, go on social media where I normally go to get my news. Because, uh, I, I mean, the fights end at like 1230 where I, in the Midwest. So I go, on the new, I go on there to get my news next morning. A lot of times things are said in the press conferences. A lot of times things are going on after the fight. Stuff's even announced. Stuff happens. So I go on there to get my news. I'm on ESPN MMA's page. And they got some goddamn cartoons on there talking about 
Japanese cartoons. Anime is what it is. Something about anime. A little disgusted by it, I type in no more anime, please, in the comment section. Just one guy from the jail, just JLT podcast official account. It's our, it's our official stance. Didn't mean any harm to anybody. Come back. There's like 40 comments of people telling me to kill myself. All these, all these insane um, comments telling me all this shit about anime. Uh, animes take the more. There's more anime fans than there are MMA fans. Um, anime is. Uh, for adults, not for kids. Like I, I, that's what, that was the big one. I replied to somebody like, what do you think anime is? I said, cartoons for kids. So anyways, I got attacked. Here's my point that I was getting to. I don't care if Israel Adesanya wants to be a cartoon anime guy. I have no beef with that. I have beef with ESPN putting these cartoons. Let me pull up this picture. You see that? Why is ESPN posting this? What does it say underneath it? It says, I, I don't know these names. If Jared Cannonier gets it done against Robert Whitaker, we'll do that shit like Nutaro and Sasuke. He knows. So, some cartoon character. Like, ESPN is trying to be cool here. Like, my point is, Style Bender, which is basically a cartoon name that he gave himself, can be into cartoons. The rest of us shouldn't have... This should not... This, these paths should not cross. Um, he can do it on his own. The anime fans, I wasn't trying to start any beef. Somebody came, I mean, I was getting DMs and everything. Like, I was getting verbally assaulted over and over and over. I mean, they had a lot of likes too, which I didn't, I just, I just, I just commented it. Like, I wasn't looking for any attention. We're up to 70 comments. I haven't even looked at the last ones. But um, anyhow, this story has a happy ending. So I'm fighting in the comments. It's like me versus all these dorks, which obviously I was having no problem just disposing of them. But none other than the GOAT, John Jones himself, smashes the like button on my comment and <laughs> re-brings re balance to the force. John Jones podcast, we both hate anime. Um, imagine, you're, imagine me out there fighting these nerds, these dorks, these basement dwellers. And see, this is the thing. Israel Adesanya watches cartoons. Uh, jacks off to cartoon porn, whatever else he does. And then he goes and trains and he's one of the toughest guys in the world. These other people watch cartoons, jack off to cartoon porn, and then they just live in their parents' basements their whole life. That's the difference. So that, that is well, the point I was trying to make. But anyway, so I have no problem disposing of these guys, but the fact that none other than the goat himself declared war on anime is, uh, it was a, uh, it was a happy ending to a, to a stressful day of, battling off trolls who wanted to kill me for i even said please i said no more anime please yeah and still got told to kill myself so anime nerds this is a war not backing down cartoons are for kids goku's not real roxanne Montefiore's not hot just knock it all off stop it all all of it has to end this is this is like thinking your favorite wrestler is real it's just stupid so and that's again you can watch cartoons on your own but they don't belong ESPN has no has no business trying to trying to cross this gap and do the it's like the hello hello fellow kids meme with Steve Buscemi on the skateboard when he's like trying to blend in with with teenagers that's what it is and I did it just it does no place so um, long call out there um, no anime allowed on the oh, JLT podcast yeah I'm with you on this one um, anime, oh one last thing let me add one more thing to it. John Jones tweeted then the next 
I don't know if it was uh, later that day he tweeted. It was it was exciting for me. I'm going to the next anime convention and slapping the first ten people I see. So maybe he <laughs> did see how JLT was treated in the comments and uh, wants to get some revenge for us. I like that. Big John Jones fan here. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, I don't know what your thoughts are on anime, but I was not expecting to be verbally assaulted all I morning. Never watched it. Don't know anything about it. Don't plan on ever learning ever learning anything about it. Just completely off my radar. Um, yeah. And it could it could the kids can keep watching it. And yeah, I, I just don't want anything to do with it. I'm I'm not a big cartoon guy. I'm an adult. Yeah, me either. Um, somewhat, kind of, but. Um, I mean, even when I was a kid, I wasn't watching anime, so I, I don't get it. No, that's that's the boat I'm in. No disrespect to people who enjoy. It's like, what are these kids doing when, you know, watching anime porn and whatnot? Like, go watch Cat House on your parents' HBO or something, like a normal fucking 13-year-old boy uh, and jack off in the basement. Come on. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, man, flashbacks. <laughs> but... Yeah, so that, yeah, yeah. Go do something like a normal kid would do. Or if you want one last, if you want to be an anime guy, join a real martial arts. So at least you know the difference between cartoon fighting and real fighting. Like, at least Adesanya is one of the baddest dudes in the in the in the world. Like, I'm not gonna go tell him cartoons suck because he'd kick my ass. I will tell every single person that came at me in the comment section what I think of uh, anime, and they're not gonna do anything about it because. They're just trolling the internet, looking for people to uh, to who badmouth c- cartoons because they got to stick up for them. So I don't know. Uh, Israel Adesanya is also is now the cartoon king or the anime king or the weeb or whatever. He he's gonna draw some serious fans for that. So even more of a reason for John Jones to fight him after John Jones uh, is now an anime an open anime hater. So um, another reason to make the super fight. Let's do it. But all right, all right, so I'll take the call out of the way now. And um, so my weekly call out this week, it's going to be TMZ. Um, so, I mean, never an amazing news source, but, you know, at least they did the celebrity gossip, reported on a celebrity dying every once in a while, you know, just kept it kept it good. Their show was kind of funny. Um, you know, I tune in every once in a while if it's on and, and check it out and kind of laugh, you know. I like how I'm not a lawyer at the end, but anyways, <laughs> now they have just turned into this, you know, all they do is turn post videos of Karens. They, they love Karens. Any chance they can get their hands on a video of a Karen, they take it and they spam it across the entire internet. Um, you know, it's just Karens freaking about, freaking out about masks, racists fighting each other. Um, fat hillbillies from Minnesota wearing masks with swastikas on it. This It's all they talk about. And it's, it's, ridiculous like find something go go show me like paris hilton's vagina again or something that's what i want to see from tmz i I don't i don't want to see some fat trash lady in fucking mesa arizona going nuts on a a mexican gas station attendant and just being like look at this coon it's annoying as fuck so they've gone woke they've they've gone woke yeah they they, they're like the call out police now they're like the uh the national version of the patch like you know, oh man, it's ridiculous. Yeah, I'm tired of it. You know what? What used to happen with me is somehow I d- I never went looking for that show, but somehow it was always on. 
So like I remember like all the guys. Like this show was kind of funny. I don't know. I don't really understand their bit why they behaved like that. I don't know how anyone could do that for a living, but um, like somebody did it, so I still watch. You know what I mean? Like it's just one of those things. But yeah, and they're all and honestly, know, they're, all the people on the show are actually like the people that go out in the yeah in the world. They're grinders. Find, find celebrities. Yeah, they're grinders and. It used to be that like what they said was true. They were just like not very. They didn't have any journalistic integrity. Like they they paid people to sell them information and stuff. But now, um, if it's just Karens and stuff, I'm glad I haven't seen it in like a long, long time. So, but well, here's the thing: I TMZ. haven't watched the show in a while, but I get updates like from like news articles trending that they put out. That's just all like like oh, check out this care, you know. So like, and why? How does that get trending twenty four seven? It's it's annoying. So I don't I don't really know about the show. I'm assuming the show is kind of going in that general direction too, but I, I can't comment on that specifically. Well, they were on a heater for a while. There's no way they're still at that at 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 that level. Um, so I don't know. TMZ anime nerds calling you guys out. Not worried. Not even afraid. Not even gonna watch my back. Uh, TMZ sports. You think they dropped Tyron Woodley yet? Oh, that's right. He is a TMZ guy. I don't know. Maybe he's working twice as much now. I don't know. Maybe he's the one yeah. giving him all the clips. Who knows? Maybe he's focusing on his music career. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't think he's fighting. He's so, not fighting enough. So, yeah, other than other than Tyron Woodley, I'm not afraid of anyone at TMZ. So, Or, or other than Adesanya, I'm not worried about any anime dorks. So um, bring it on. You got as long as you want to respond – TMZ and anime nerds. This is not the end of me versus anime nerds either. So um, this may go on a long, long time. But that'll do it for our Isn't He Awesome and our callouts. We'll move on to our preview now. This um, this card's pretty thin. I don't think anyone's really been looking forward to this card. We'll go through the fights. Um, we'll give you some picks. Um, what do you got for us on this card? What are you looking at specifically on uh, this Holly Holm versus Irene Aldana fight night and Fight Island? Yeah, we'll start off with the JLT main event. Um, we got Charles Air Jordan versus uh, Joshua Kulia- Kuliba? Kulibao. Um, who knows? We don't know how to say his name yet. We'll listen to Anik say it, and we'll have on the recap. We'll uh, we'll have it right for you. But um, uh, yeah, this is the JLT main event. We got Charles Air Jordan. He defends Our the guy. JLT nickname championship of the world title. Uh, um, you know, the GOAT, Jordan, is the biggest favorite on the card. And uh, he's fighting to uh, keep his head on the uh, the JLT uh, poster here in the studio. So, uh, with the belt around his waist. So, you know, we might have a new head up there uh, come, uh, come Monday or Tuesday next week. No chance. No chance Air Jordan's losing. Um I liked his fight against what was his last his last fight was against uh the guy with the uh, uh touchy feely. <laughs> yeah. That's where the nickname feely. belt that's where the nickname belt was born. And Air Jordan got his he's the only guy he's between beside for me and you, he's the only one that's been at almost every single episode of this show. So um Charles Air Jordan, I'm looking forward to him retaining his nickname championship. And actually in this fight he really should. So uh that is the JLT main event. If that's all you want to watch, you don't have to wait too long because I think it's only three or four fights in. But um, let's get this W, uh, Air Jordan. 
Yep, yeah, we'll be rooting for him. I'm, I'm not trying to take his hat off the poster, so especially when this guy's no, nickname like that he's fighting is Kuya. I don't know what that means. I'm assuming it's like a name from different language or something, but Kuya, K-U-Y-A. Um, it just oh, doesn't boy. have a good ring to it. So we need Air Jordan to hold on to it. It's not a combo nickname for his opponent. So, um, yeah, hopefully we uh, we got some good news. We got his hat up there still on Monday. Yeah, well, get this. I just got another comment on my on my three days later. I get another comment telling me to shut the f up. So the anime nerd just tried to get me. That literally just happened. So, um, all right, back to the Jose Delgado. Don't think I'll forget about you, pal. Uh, anyways, back to uh, back to our preview. Um, yeah. So what's next up after the JLT main event? Next up, we got uh, Holly Holm versus uh, Irene Aldana. Um, I'm just over watching Holly Holm fight at this point. I, I oh, think I've harped on it sure. a little bit in this show before. Uh, but she talk about maybe one of the most overrated fighters of all time. Um, she's just, she has her moments, but she's just not that good. She's pretty, you know, eight out of 10 fights that she has are boring as hell. Um, she's a grunter, which we don't, I mean, I'm saying we, I don't like, I'm assuming, I'm assuming it's a JLT thing. Uh, yeah, but, uh, it is. yeah, but, um, she's just, just the most overrated fighter. Like I can't believe someone can ride one knockout so far. Um, that being the Ronda Rousey knockout, it's crazy because besides that she hasn't done much the rest of her career. So I, I'm over her. I I'm hoping we're getting close to a retirement, which I'm assuming we probably are. She's getting up there in age. So, um, yeah, I, I don't want to go too hard on her cause she, she seems really nice. But um, I, I'm just over it. Well, I'll, I'll say this. Um, Irene Aldana is a pretty good striker. If Holly Holm wins this fight, let's just say it, if Holly Holm's hand is raised at the end of this, it will be we will have sat through a very, very boring fight. That's the bottom line. If Holly Holm wins, it will be because she put her up against the cage and just did the cage grinder. Um, I know people think of the, of the kick that knocked out Ronda Rousey and maybe when she knocked out Betch Gohea. But uh, this—that's th- not how she fights. Like those are those are weird moments that happened, that that everyone remembers. But that's not uh, the actual way it goes. If she wins, it'll be clinching up against the cage and just rubbing back and forth up, up against the cage. That's what'll happen. So, um, without saying my like you you pretty much said it. Like, I mean, they just want to give her another title shot. I think is what this all comes down to. Oh yeah, because somehow. I, I don't get it. I will never understand it. But from one win versus Ronda Rousey, and what when was that? Like 2015. 15? November 2015, I think. Yeah. From one win from five years ago in 2015, she is probably the biggest woman's draw. And, you know, in women's MMA, she's probably maybe, I would say, the biggest draw in women's MMA from one win. Uh, even though her career since then has been very lackluster, somehow she pulls numbers every single time. People love her. Um, anybody who doesn't know much about Holly Holm or much about, uh, you know, women's MMAs, they all love Holly Holm. So she brings in a, a lot of casuals, I think still, I, I don't know if they only catch the fights that she wins or uh, who knows. I, I just don't get it. Yeah. Even the ones she wins are pretty boring. So, um, uh, line on this fight, Holly Holm is a minus 120 favorite. Irene Aldana is plus 100. I don't have a winner or a take on the fight. Just that if Holly Holm does win, it will be boring. Yeah, and on this, um, 
if I'm betting this one, let's see. Uh, should have done a little bit more research here before we started the show, but we can cut some of this out. Uh, if I'm betting this one, I'm going to say, let's see here. I think Aldana's a pretty good striker. Like, I think she's got some power. Yeah, she is. Um, yeah, I mean, as far as um, who's going to win this one, I'm going with um, Irene Aldana. Not something I'm super confident in. Holly Holm might make this a boring fight um, and kind of edge out a close decision. Uh, but I think Aldana has, has the skills to possibly win this one. Um, like I said, nothing I'm super confident in. Um, as far as, yeah, I think, yeah, who knows? I mean, both of them have some knockouts on the record, but uh, I'd say it's probably a decision, and who knows who wins. It's probably just a toss-up. Yep, that's that's what I'm thinking too. But, yeah, um, we'll, we'll move on to that one since that one says we got another women's fight. We got Jermaine Durandamy versus uh, Juliana Pena. And um, Jermaine Durandamy is someone who I think is low-key, like, uh, underrated. Um, she always seems to have pretty good fights. Um, I don't even know if she's, like, super full-time in MMA. Uh, but, yeah, I think she's a good fighter. Uh, what's the line on this one? Do you have it up? Yeah, we got Jermaine Durandamy at minus 135, Juliana Pena at plus 115, which is pretty close. Um, I would definitely go on with Jermaine Durandamy on this one. I think that line is... I think that's pretty good value at minus 135. Let me look into this. This, oh, I, I didn't I didn't know the line was that close on this one. I was assuming Durandamy was a pretty yeah. good favorite. Um, I'm pretty surprised. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I like Durand- Jermaine Durandamy in this fight. Um, I, I mean, it's not one that I'm going to give like a lock of the night or anything in because I'm not super familiar i mean i know juliana pena but i'm not just like super familiar with her um as far as what we're gonna see here but i mean i like jermaine durandamy i mean if you look at i mean both of these girls seem to bring it i mean though but uh no jermaine durandamy might be the lock of the night let's see um juliana pena lost by tko doctor stoppage to sarah mraz prior to the ufc (laughs) and you just can't get behind anybody who lost to sarah mraz is that cheesecake yeah, that that she lost to the cheesecake before the UFC, so we. Uh, it's over. Know, Jermaine Durandamy might be a lock. I'm not gonna call it the lock of the night or anything, but if you look at Jermaine Durandamy, she's only lost to Amanda Nunes in the last. Let's see, since 2012, she's only lost to Amanda Nunes. So I mean, she's beat Aspen Ladd, she's beat Raquel Pennington, she's beat Holly Holm. Um, yeah, she's got quite a few good wins and only lost to uh, Amanda Nunes. She had a few fights bef- or lost a few fights before the UFC, but yeah, I mean she's a solid fighter. And I, yeah, and I, I don't think she gets enough credit. I was gonna say I definitely agree. She's very, very underrated. So I, I'm gonna keep an eye on that one for sure. I think that line is really tight, and I kind of I like the I like that um, that line there. Uh, who else you got? What about this old guy fight, Carlos Condit, Carlos Condit and Court McGee? Um, man, to think that I would say that I think I'd be going with Court McGee to beat Carlos Condit ever. I never thought I would, I would say something like that, but I mean, he, <laughs> Court McGee is the favorite and I think, I think he beats Carlos Condit. I mean, I'm just going to pass on this one. I'm not betting this one at all. Um, who knows, but, um, yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> this is just a tough one. I mean, what I thought Condit retired. 
Yeah, he did. He, he retired. He came back. He had some brain issue or something, but I guess that's that's cleared up and he's back fighting. But um, yeah, I mean, this is a tough one. Let's see. Wow. Yeah, it's a tough one. Just the fact that it exists is tough. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I don't really know. I'd say McGee, if I had to pick one, but it's something that I'm staying away from. All right. Do you have a lock of the night this or a lock of the week this week? No, there's not going to be a lock of the week this week. Uh, we're only going to give you one of those when you know when we got something that we're pretty well, sure on. Yeah, you're uh, you're uh, you don't want to uh, you don't want to put the belt on the line if you don't feel if you're not feeling it. So uh, defended the belt last week. Um, I got a fighter to watch, uh, Kyler Phillips. He is a minus four fifty favorite, so I'm not going to say bet on him or anything like that. But he is a bantamweight. He's got tons of tools. Um, he's really young. I don't know what his record is, like seven and one or something. Um, but just uh, just a really exciting fighter. I think he's uh, I think he's going to be really good. And uh, he trains out by you. He trains out in Arizona somewhere. And um, I saw him fight on the Norfolk card. That weird, weird Norfolk card all that time ago. So um, just been kind of following him ever since. And looking forward to seeing him fight again. But he's one of those kids that has all he has all the tools, super athletic on top of it. So um obviously, like I said, minus four fifty favorite, tough to bet on him. Maybe add him to some parlays. And uh him and our boy Char- him if him and our boy Air Jordan do their thing, um I'll be happy. I'll be happy this weekend. Yeah, and one other fighter to watch here, I got Casey Kenny. Um he's had some solid wins in the UFC. He actually in legacy Prior to being in the UFC, he bet he beat our boy Brandon Raw Dog Royvel. So, uh, oh, wow. someone uh, to at least keep an eye on. It's not going to be the most exciting fighter. He's usually a decision guy, but um, yeah, keep an eye on him. He's a solid record, solid fighter. So, um, someone to keep an eye on. All right. So, uh, anybody, anything else you see out of this card that you want to point out? Um, this this card just sucks, guys. And I'm sorry we got to watch it this weekend, but we'll make the best of it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, some of those, sometimes these cards turn out to be. The problem with this one is I know who all these people are, so it's not like I can say I don't know who these people are. Maybe they'll bring it. I I do know who most of these people are, so. Yeah, um, we know who most of them are, and we know they usually don't bring it. Yeah, exactly. So uh, not super pumped about this one. Like I said, there's a few guys in here we want to see. Always going to show up for our boy Charles Air Jordan. Um, fight right after him, like I said, Kyler Phillips, another guy I think is. Uh, Pretty exciting, going to be a fun fight. So uh, other than that, that'll do it for our preview. Um, I guess we'll wrap things up. Um, That'll do it for us this week. We'll be back next week to recap this card, probably be a quick recap, and I'm sure we have something to preview. We got the uh, Marlon Marais, Corey Sanhagen card, which snuck up on us, got some decent fights on it. Uh, Other than that, thank you for everyone who listens. Um, Please subscribe. Leave a rating, leave some stars, unless you're an anime guy trying to uh, trying to sabotage this. Um, other than that, that'll be it for me, that'll be it for us, and we'll see you all next week.
the beat in the beat. Let me call Polo. Mr. Tenneke, I still get him for the Lodo. Show me light up the I ain't ready to go. You can't ban me from the radio or mess up my show. You know. I was trying to ban you for it, man. It's okay. I bounce back. Watch me do my thing. It's okay. The fantastic champion. And I'm sure you will come back and be better than ever. And it was a pleasure and an honor to call your fights, including this one tonight. Thank you very much, sir. And everybody, thank you. And this is still my boy. Two 